Greetings, Earthlings. This is Ash Kemeny, and you are listening to the Let's Talk Rock podcast. Before I get into our conversation for the day, I just want to mention two things. Um, number one, I'm recording this in my closet. <laughs> After putting up a whole bunch of acoustic foam, I have acoustic blankets in here. I have found that my place of comfort to record this thing is in my closet. So thus far, it's been pretty good. The issue that we have with the place we live right now, my other half and I, um, is that it's right smack dab in the middle of a very, very busy highway. And it picks up just about everything. So I apologize if there is just a little bit of background noise. I'm doing my absolute best to make sure that you can hear me crystal clear and that there's not going to be a hell of a lot of interference. The second thing I want to mention is how funny my intro is because I was scrambling trying to create something of my own and I am no talented guitar player. I am just not. And writing a riff or something like that, like really, really cool rock and roll sound was not going to come out of me and because I was on a time crunch it was just like, you know what, I'm just going to mix something on GarageBand. So um, for any of you musicians who are familiar with GarageBand, especially on your phone where you can make your own little mixes and stuff, I screwed around with that for about a couple hours and just made this little thing. So um, <laughs> just had a little laugh at myself about that. But anyways, we're going to get started on this thing and quit freaking rambling and get this thing going. So the beginning of this thing, right, we're going to be talking about what is Let's Talk Rock, right? First things first, Let's Talk Rock is a podcast hosted by moi, Ash Kemeny, who is a rock vocalist in the city of Vancouver. And I just want to share the beauty of music alone and my love for rock and roll. I really want to build a community young and old, um, we're pretty much gonna just talk about everything on here. So if you have a friend that you feel would totally love to listen to this, please, please send them my way. And yeah, I'm super stoked. So let's, let's get her going. Finally. We're gonna start from the very beginning, right? why I dig the oldies. So I get this a lot and I'm sure there's a lot of young people that get this too. You'll be in your car or something listening to The Doors or Zeppelin and you'll be at a red light. You look over and there's this old guy staring at you and his jaws just hit the floor and he's going, how the hell do you know this stuff? How do you know this song? 
And it's just the funniest thing to me because it's just like, because this is the best music ever, dude. Like, honestly, I can't even explain it to you. It's a feeling. It's it's a knowing. It's, it's so unexplainable, seriously. But it's the best. Classic rock is the best. I'll be biased. I absolutely adore it. And I know there's a lot of people, young and old, that still love it to this day. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about classic rock music on this podcast, man. I feel like I can get out a lot of a lot of pent up stuff I've just held in over the years about like the greatest albums and the best tunes and the most underrated bands. Like it's just oh man, I can't tell you how excited I am. Woo! Woohoo! Okay. We're gonna actually get started on this. I promise. I've said that the third freaking time. So again, why I dig the oldies, okay? So I'm going to tell you a little story. It all started in 1994 when I went to a Pink Floyd concert. The concert was, I believe, in around like July, and it was at the Pontiac Silverdome. That's in Michigan. So my mom, my mom told me this story like ages ago, right? And I was due November 1st of that year, so I wasn't born (laughs) so here's where it goes so my mom my dad my aunt and my uncle all went to this this concert and she said like it was just totally smoked out from the weed I think the beer was sold out at the venue but everyone was just so happy and just having a great time my dad then told me that after I was born, the only way that they would get me to fall asleep is if they played Pink Floyd. And I honestly don't know how they came to that conclusion. All I know is that it's not like I was, you know, screaming or having a fit. It was just that I was wide awake and ready to roll. And they're like, no, you need to go to sleep. So they played some of that and I was out like a light. And I just think that's so cool how music can affect us in that way and I think that was just the beginning of me getting into music I truly believe that so when I was around like 12 or 13 I hadn't heard this story before right but classic rock was making a huge appearance from years prior and I had come across this dark side of the moon album and I don't know who it was from if it was a gift to me or if it was my parents but I couldn't stop looking at it reading the inside trying to really like figure it out myself and I remember if I I can really retrace this my cousin was working on a school project and their assignment was to ask their parents what their favorite song was and so this is the aunt and the uncle that went to the concert with my mom and my dad and they said brain damage by pink floyd so my cousin was working on this project she was telling me about this and she was like oh ashley it's like the weirdest song ever she's like the lunatic is on the grass the lunatic is in the hall and i thought what the hell and I was like, okay, this is like, 
weird, but then I was just so curious about it at the same time. I was like, give me some more of that. I need to figure this out. I need to know what this is. So I had the album somehow. I don't know if it was mine or my mom's. I have no clue at all, but I remember looking at it and going, this is really cool. Like, the album art was so simple. And you open the inside and reading the lyrics and just really like digging into this thing. And, and I listened to it over and over again. I remember I was cleaning stalls and I would just have that CD playing on my CD player. Um, and I'd just be like completely blown away at the creation here. Eventually, you know, I talked to my mom about this and I just told her I love this this is amazing and I'm pretty sure that's when she told me the story about the concert right and how that's pretty much where it all started but the one fascinating thing for me was that she shared with me that the dark side of the moon is a story the entire album is a story and I was so confused for a sec because I was like, how, how is that possible? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you make a story album? Like, it was nothing I've ever heard before. But she went on to explain to me, you know, um, about the lunatic and how it, that's just, you know, where it all starts with all the chaos. And then it just goes throughout the album. And I was like, holy shit. I need to know every single song. I need to know everything. So as I got older, right, I had a little more access to the interwebs. I did more research on it so I could learn it inside out. And I came across this spectacular article I found on a website called spindiddy.com. So, to my knowledge, spindiddy.com is like a blogging website, but it's all like music focused, right? And just through Google search, right, it just so happened to f find this website. And so I found this article that was just fabulously written by a user called Music and Art 45. And it was published on April 20th of 2016. And the title of the article was The Meaning of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I highly recommend if you're listening, you have access to a computer um, that you could like follow along with me. I condensed a lot of it. I, I put things kind of, you know, into my own words. And um, I will quote this individual because they did such a bang up job on it. And it's their interpretation and after reading the entire thing, I honestly couldn't say that a single thing that I read was wrong. So, here we go. The Dark Side of the Moon was released March 1st of 1973. And so this is a metaphor. And I read that this is a metaphor for darkness. And the darkness represents insanity. So it's basically saying that everyone's a little bit insane or will have to deal with some insanity in their life. In other words, uh, there are people that are crazy for being the yes men 
and obeying authority and just following that. So the first track on this album is Speak To Me. I love how this album starts, man. It gives me some serious goosebumps. And you know, if you've heard this song, right, it's got the heartbeat pounding louder and louder, and I don't want to give it away to anybody that hasn't really heard much of it, but um, I quote this Music and Art 45 user, the heartbeat is a metaphor for life and all the songs that occur in between. The heartbeats are acting as the substance or what's inside of life, which is like super deep. The second track on the album is called Breathe. The lyrics in Breathe seem to imply two different lifestyles, which are the follower and the chooser. The chooser will be able to live a long life, but because they aren't riding the tide, they will only see what they choose to see. So in this context, the song is implying that choosing can be limiting, and they're also limited by their physical experiences as the lyrics suggest touching and seeing is all life is to them. So here's a quote from Music and Art 45 in the article. If you ride the tide, you will see new things because you are just going with the flow. The rabbits in the song suggest that if a person's life philosophy is to ride the tide, then you will live a short life. However, a drawback to this ride the tide mentality can be you expend your life being a laborer or getting stuck doing mundane tasks over and over again. On the run. This song demonstrates anxiety exceptionally well. Man, I remember the first time I heard this song, my heart was pounding. It was fast, it was trippy, and it was almost, like, stressful. The consistent high tempo of the hi-hat, the airport announcers, the sound of feet running and the heavy breathing, and oh my god, just, just everything with, to the ambient effects... All these elements just coming in and out, creating this overwhelmingly expected change. It's a straight-up metaphor for the stress and anxiety that could be very well aligned with an individual's life. Time. Man, this one's my favorite. That's typical because this one was one of the really popular ones that are, well, still is being played on the radio. But there's some lines that hit home for me that I just want to share with you briefly. And then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you where to run. You missed the starting gun. And the other line is, the sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath and one day closer to death. So time is talking about how we can waste our lives doing nothing doing dull and unfulfilling things. Regret for not taking a risk to live the life that you've always wanted to live. The beginning of the song talks about wasted youth, and then the end of the song, you can tell that the person is now old, and it's too late for them to live the life that they've always dreamed of. It's about walking down your path without guidance, about following your desires and not anybody else's. And unfortunately for the person at the end of the song, the opportunity to take the road has now passed, therefore lies regret. I love this. And another, another quote that this Music and Art 45 wrote in this article, the jarring clocks 
could mean the song is meant to metaphorically wake people up that are not living their lives, or it can be continuing the anxiety and stress driven from the themes um, from the song on the run. And so Breathe Reprise also is aligned with the song. It basically finishes time with finding some sort of solution to deal with the madness. Great gig in the sky. Man, okay. So this song is about being afraid and not being afraid of dying. It reveals two people, a woman and a man, saying, I was never afraid of dying. And you can actually hear them saying this very, like, in the like in the most subtle way in the song. If you, like, turn it up loud enough, you can hear it. But one sounds more convincing than the other. So it explores insanity and the fear of dying even more through the wailing vocals. And the vocalist on the song, who is also singing throughout this album, her name is Claire Tori. And holy crap, the pipes on this woman. That is just the goal for me as a singer, man. Like, just the the expression of this song through her there's just there's no one else no one else that can evoke it as as well as she had money all right so the effects in the song alone can easily describe the fact that people go to their nine to five job during their keep in life wasting away day after day and it also kind of describes that money is the root of all evil and that it can be used for good, but it can also destroy the lives of others. Us and Them. It's another one of my favorites. This song is a song about conflict and fighting. It explains that we live in a society that believes in choosing between black and blue and nothing else. Any color you like. It's a metaphorical song which pretty much denotes an offering of choice, but there really is none. Roger Waters actually um, quoted this. And it's also interesting that in the phrase, any color you like, they're all blue. I don't know why, but in my mind, it's always, they're all blue. Which, if you think about it, relates very much to the light and dark, sun and moon, good and evil. You make your choice, but it's always blue. that that doesn't make you like just want to sit down and try and figure that out I don't know what does (laughs) damn it's just like it just gets deeper and deeper I swear next up is brain damage which was the very first dark side of the moon song I had ever listened to so the lunatic begins outside and eventually makes way into the head of the person singing the song. Brain damage is about losing your marbles, just going insane. I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. The dark side of the moon is mentioned in the song, and it's a place for insanity and ideas that are destructive. Eclipse, the final track of the dark side of the moon. It's about everyone and everything living and breathing on this planet. It's basically saying that whatever path you go down, there will always be a dark side. Quoting the genius Music and Art 45, who wrote this review on Spin Diddy. The darkness caused by the moon 
where the moon itself is basically a symbolic representation of all the dangerous ideas that are destructive to humanity. These dangerous ideas can block out the sun or halt the living of a fulfilling life. The previous songs on the album build to this point. There's hope in the sun, but there will always be a dark side of the moon, which is a symbolic representation of the banes of humanity. Boom! I could not have said that any better myself. Oh my goodness, if I met this person, I would just give them a huge hug, I swear. And I may be overreacting, whatever you anyone, anybody thinks, it's, it's so well written. And this was just condensed. Like, they... If you go on spindiddy.com and read this article, which I recommend you do, article review, uh, they wrote the lyrics down. They broke it down to, like, just, ugh, the, the freaking nitty-gritty. It's so, so, so amazing. I love it so much. Well, gang, that concludes this podcast. I'm Ash Kemeny, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter under Ash Kemeny. Also, if you really dig this podcast, please subscribe, rate it, review it, all that jazz, so I can keep rocking your socks off each week. And with all that being said, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Keep rocking, and we'll see you next week.